Welcome to Challenge to Lead C-Suite Segments. Today we're going to hear from real leaders who have overcome countless obstacles in their careers, and these stories provide a glimpse into pivotal moments in their journeys. To ensure complete transparency, they were recorded anonymously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you for being a guest with me today. I'm excited to hear you share your story. Tell us a little bit about the industry that you were in and your business at the time of this story. So I was in the manufacturing industry uh, for a privately owned company that made home elevators. And how big was your business? About 15 million in revenue, about 40 employees. Okay, great. And what was going on? They were losing money. And uh, I was hired as a, basically was a hard gun, hired by the fam two families that owned the business to turn the business around and stop the bleeding. Hmm, okay. And how long had you been in your role? Give us the setting of this story before you launch into it. How long had you been in your role? Uh, it was a new role. Okay. So it was right when you came into the business. All right. Tell us what was going on. Share your story. Well, the business was losing money. They brought me in to turn it around. Uh, when I joined, the owners didn't know that my predecessor had actually spent all the money in their mutual fund bank account, and they were in, and he was in the line of credit. So it was a lot worse than I had even been told. Mm. And they and didn't know. They didn't know. Okay. All right. So what's going on? And then my first week was like, what the heck did I do? What did I sign up for? Because not only did I find out we had a lot less cash, but my predecessor failed to pay the workers' compensation premium. And it was cut off. And it was, it was actually, I found the notice on the desk. And uh, that's illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. You have to, by law, have workers' comp coverage. And uh, then also I found out that we were in a lawsuit and then the lawsuit summons wasn't, <laughs> wasn't addressed. So I had to deal with that as well. That was my first five days on the job. Is that what you want to tell us about how you untangled that? Or do you have an even better story? I have an even better story. I mean, we, uh, we figured out the workers comp. Um, they gave us 14 days notice and the state of Pennsylvania requires 15 days notice. So um, our lawyers basically negated that. They said, you can't do that. So that, that was a really cool thing. So we fixed that. Um, we had, I went for the insurance company. We addressed the lawsuit. So these are just things that just happened. I decided to do, but the neat thing was um, then I had to make some tough decisions. Uh, we were bleeding money. And so we laid off 10% of the workforce my, in, in the first two months I was there. And the bleeding stopped. And we started making money again. How did you decide? I know this is not the story you're going to, you totally want to tell, but I know some people who are going through this reduction in force right now. How did you decide what the 10% was going to be, who they were going to be. I went to my leadership team and I said, guys, we need to, we need to, we need to reduce our 
workforce by this amount of people, tell me who has to go. And they provided me the names. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. in family where people have been there for years and years and years. But it was like, I basically said, guys, if we don't do this, everyone loses their job in three months. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's it. You had three months of cash and runway. And you so, were like, we gotta, we gotta change right now. Yeah, we had no choice. And how did you do the layoffs? I know I'm taking this down a side story, but this is, I think people are going to find this really relevant right now. So what I what we did is um, we decided we gave the, the people we had to lay off, we gave them severance packages relative to their number of years of service with the business. We tried to make it as fair as we could. And I told the rest of the team, the people who were, who were there after the layoffs, I said, look, I hope never have to do this again. And I kept my word. We never had a layoff after that. Um, that this is to protect everybody. I mean, if we don't do this, and yes, it's hard, but nobody wins if we don't do this. Mm-hmm. There were people there that, I mean, I had folks there that were there 30, 40 years. Mm. Yeah. All right, so you laid off 10%, you stopped the bleeding, essentially. You came in, handled the legal matters, stopped the bleeding, and then... Then we started growing again, and two years into the journey, uh, I then I actually was upgrading my leadership team too. At the time, I had some some players that weren't strong, and I needed to replace them, and I did. And that was over the first two years. So by 2016, um, we we had a pretty good leadership team, but I didn't think I didn't feel we were. I thought we could be better and I couldn't put my hand finger on it. And I was in Vistage, which is a peer group for, for CEOs and, and leaders. And someone um, introduced me to EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And uh, once I learned about it and read the first book, uh, it was called Get a Grip by Mike Payton and Gina Wickman. I said, ah, this is what we need, literally. It was like I read the book and I called US Worldwide and we got a, uh, a, an implementer that came in. His name was Hank O'Donnell, great guy. Um, and he came in and gave us what the, the, the initial 90 minute meeting was just a, an informative meeting to let us know if, if this was right for us. And we actually hired him the next day. And so we went on the EOS implementation journey for our business and it was, um, it was transformational. For the team. This is two years in to this your is, tenure. Yeah, and it was transformational for, for me as a leader and for my leadership team and eventually the whole company. Mm-hmm. And really good at solving problems. We got really strong as a leadership team. We were open and honest with each other. I mean, literally, uh, you know, I had a team that would challenge me to come in, in my face if things weren't right. And I loved it. Um, and I actually, I was on... You know, I had two seats on the leadership team. I, had, I was the CEO, integrator, you know, running the day-to-day business. I also had the sales leader's seat because the person who was uh, in that seat, he was a good salesperson. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to be a sales manager, and I knew how to be a sales manager, and I needed him in the field. And so we reached an agreement. But what happened in 20, 2017, 2018, actually, there's a lot of things that happened, but we weren't growing as fast as we could. 
and typically our our business growth should should have been higher at least as strong as the increase in new home starts because our business modeled in the home elevators right most of our business was going into new home construction and if we weren't as fast as that there's a problem and so we actually um ids this is a an eos tool for solving issues in in our level 10 meetings in the spring of 2018 why aren't we growing fast you know i had my production manager saying he literally come into my office what am i going to put my schedule two weeks from now what am i going to do and i said we got to fix this and it turned out that the issue when we dug really really deep it wasn't the sales team it wasn't me it wasn't the sales team it was our business model so we had a model for 80 years that we would sell on a wholesale level our products that we made through a national network of independent dealers who would install and service the elevators and we were losing business to some of the newer competitors in the industry who were going direct the homeowners and the builders. They weren't going through that. And I had dealers and it really hit November, Thanksgiving, 2017. My, my mother-in-law had a house at the Jersey shore. There was a new house being built right next door and there was being an elevator installed. And I went in, oh, elevator here. So I called the local dealer and I asked her, are you, are you, are you doing the elevator? She said, no. I said, well, what's going on? She says, I can't compete. Our competitor who was, you know, going direct to the builders at under bidder. She couldn't compete. She couldn't make money and neither could we. And that was, that was like, oh, this is, this is crap. <laughs> we got to change. And that started motivating us. And we started looking at it and we said, we've got to go direct. And, and so we IDSed it for two weeks. We looked at it thoroughly. We figured out, I mean, my team was just all in. Our, our whole, our whole where, where we were, and we were dedicated to the business, but we, we basically we said, you know, if we don't change, we're going to die by a thousand paper cuts. Hmm. Or we got to change. This is, we're dying slowly but surely. <clears throat> and so we figured out our, <clears throat> our profit going wholesale per elevator was $615 for something we sold for $12,000. <clears> if we installed it and could sell it for $26,000 or $27,000, we could make $5,500 per elevator. And we could get the maintenance and um, revenue from maintenance and, and maintaining the elevator. So the service part would be a new revenue stream. Hmm. And so, can I, can I dig into that a little bit? I'm, I'm curious about this, right? So you say, you know, hey, I'm selling this to our distributor at twelve thousand dollars, and they're going to handle the install, right? I'm, we're just selling the equipment. We're going to make six hundred, and they were what? What were they quoting it out at that they weren't winning the deal? They were doubling our price. Okay. So they were like, um, like that one woman who I mentioned, um, they were quoting like 27, 28,000 and our competitors were coming to 23, 24,000. Hmm. And there was no room in the deal for them to, to compete at that 23, 24,000? No. Hmm. Because they had all their overhead and everything to take care of. Correct. Hmm. 
Interesting. All right. Sorry for interrupting. So That's great. So you, it took you two weeks with your leadership team to get to the, to the heart of this and was the catalyst. You came back from that Thanksgiving vacation and you were like, guys, they are, our distributors yeah. can't even win the deal here. First step, but I was, it was like followed up a couple months later by my production manager saying, where are the orders? Mm. This ha happened over two or three months. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, just, we, we just, we all got very frustrated as a leadership team. We didn't, at that point, we didn't care. All we cared about was the business and we didn't mm -hmm. care what that. Um, we just said, we got to do something different because we don't something different. We're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. Leadership team members that have been there 20, 30 years. So they were committed to the business. They, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a family owned business with 40 employees. So they're also committed to their fellow employees. Mm -hmm. You know, it's huge. All these families that we are impacting, we don't make the right decisions. People will lose their livelihoods. That was what it was all about. What were some of the other, when you were IDSing for two weeks, what were some of the other reasons why that you thought maybe you were not able to compete or not getting the sales? Said it took you two weeks, so I'm sure people threw other ideas on the table. Do you remember what any of those were? Well, one of the owner, one of the owners who actually was, we had a great relationship. He was on the leadership team. And so he reported to me in the business, uh, in the business, on the business, I reported to him because he was on the board. He said, Bill, I've been pushing this, my fellow owners for the last several years that we need to go direct. Mm. So pushing that. And it, it's, uh, it all sort of come, came together over those two weeks. We had to solve the problem. We just had to solve it. Mm -hmm. When you decided to go direct to the sellers, was it easy peasy to roll that out or did you encounter some challenges? We encounter major challenges. So, <laughs> so this is where it gets real interesting. So we had a dealer who was going bankrupt in Philly. We actually started negotiating to buy them. And when we went into the nitty gritty of their finances, we, they were underwater. They, so it, to buy them wouldn't work. And so we actually went, we put together pretty thorough uh, analysis, financial and everything else. And what we proposed to the board, this was in May, 2018, um, that we go direct and we pilot it. You know, not across the board, just pilot it. We're gonna lose a dealer in the Philadelphia area. So it covers the Philadelphia suburbs and South Jersey. And we propose to the board, let's go direct there. Let's see if this works. Let's put together a team. We actually put together uh, a, a division. It was um, our installation team. And I proposed that at the board meeting. Actually, the neat thing was that when we got to that point of the board meeting, I didn't talk. I let my team talk. And their passion showed through. They were so well prepared. In fact, the board chair said, I've never seen a team in this business so well prepared on a topic. Now, mm -hmm. here we and this is where it gets a little messy, is that 
one of the board members whose family, he and his mom and his siblings own half the business. He was a dealer. What we were proposing long-term could hurt his business. And he pushed back really hard, really hard. Was he making money? Yes, he was okay. doing extremely well. And, and, and I had to look at him and say, take off your dealership hat and put on your, you're a, you have a fiduciary obligation. Your mom owns 37% of the business. You have, a, you have an obligation to this business. Take that hat off. Mm. And so he actually got counseled by another board member. And we came to an agreement that we wouldn't, we would stay out of his area for five years. So he would have time. And he agreed to that. But that was, it was messy. It was not easy. And we, we stuck to our guns and we, we took a lot of flack and, but it was still the right thing to do for the business. Yeah. I can imagine the other owners having some say there saying like, we understand you're making money on the side on this other business, but we don't care about your other business. We, yeah. and I, we I, want I, to make money here. Yeah. And his mom owned 37% of the business. So it was like, who are you for? <laughs> you or your mom or everyone else? And he eventually, he, he was cool with it. He actually did that. And we actually then started this new division. And I, I remember after we got through all this, that having a meeting with the, my team and, and the um, my second in command, he, he managed the, he was, he was a director of quality and engineering and our production manager saying we bought our first for, inst for installing the elevators in the Philly area. We bought our first van and our first uh, trailer. You know, we had it all on the logo and everything else. And we, we basically said, you know, in three or four years, we'll have a fleet. That was in 2018. And what I can tell you is I left because I decided to become the EOS implementer a few months later. Um, but the guy who took my place was the second in command. He, I had hired him and I went to the board and said, this guy can do the business. You don't need me. I have a strong leadership team. We've got a good plan in place. Um, and so three years later, he and I had breakfast. And said, Remember that conversation, John, you and I had? I said, yeah, Cliff. He goes, we have a fleet now. We have 12. That's and the business is doing great thriving and so today it's five years later they're thriving do you know where the revenues are at now um not specifically but i know it's a lot higher than when i was there because i know the number of employees went from 40 to 60 mm -hmm. well a lot more people are making money and having jobs and are successful mm. that's an amazing story and i really appreciate you sharing it what advice do you have to other CEOs maybe who are coming in or in a period in their business where things are, you know, your first week, right? You just, you feel like you're getting hit from every angle and you're thinking, what did I just walk into? Um, what advice do you have for them? Talk to other people. Hmm. A strong leadership team is number one. You've got to have, and I did that. I was really focused. I replaced several people over time and I ended up with a really good team. And then I had outside advisors. I mean, I had a friend who's an insurance agent and I a good friend. I said, hey, Matt, what do I do? He says, you're screwed. You're breaking the law. 
<laughs> but he told me what to do. And then we contacted our attorneys and we had good relationships there. So it, it's really just talk to the people who are helping you because they'll, they'll, they'll figure something out for you. And that's what happened. I never in a thousand years would have figured out that the state, that our workers comp insurance carrier broke the law by one day. It was a technicality, but it got us back in compliance. Mm. And then we eventually dropped them anyway because we found a better, yeah. better alternative. Yeah, I feel like what I just heard there is that don't, you know, if you're going through what I call the suck, right? When you're going through the suck, don't go in on yourself. Talk no, to people can. around you because many people as you can. Yeah. And share Share it because they'll help. They'll reach out and help. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing this story. I know people are going to get a lot out of it. And I know after I heard it the first time, I was super inspired. You were actually one of the, the people who, when I first thought about doing this segment on the podcast, thought, oh, I've got to get that story on here because it's Thanks. it's good turnaround. But, you know, it didn't happen overnight. You were CEO for four years there, five years years and it didn't happen overnight um but i you know it, and i and i the owners probably never gave me credit but i know i did what i needed to do and i mm -hmm. put a guy in there and i actually hired someone who's now been ceo for five years and he's doing great and so it's it's wonderful so many good nuggets there do what you got to do when you come in clean up the mess Look critically at the problems inside of your business. Get your leadership team involved. Really get to the root of the solution, which EOS is amazing at. Um, yeah. And then set yourself up with a good leadership team so you've got successors. That, that's my synthesis of your story. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I had a great leadership team. It was it was one of those teams where no one held back. We, we, we As an EOS implementer now, it's like I talk open and honest to the leadership teams. That's what I had. And it was so valuable for me as a leader because no one held back. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was good. It was really good. Right. And no one held back because like you mentioned a couple of times, they were vested in the success of your company. They were. That, that speaks to getting the right people in the right seats because um, you want people who don't have their own hidden private agendas. They can right. come very combative to the, <laughs> to the uh, meetings as well. Yeah. There was, there was no private agendas. Um, and the, the thing I was most proud of was when I, as I mentioned, we were presenting this new business model to the owners at the board and the team did it, not me. Mm -hmm. And that was the best part because they were so committed. They were like, we have nothing to lose. We're going to do this. This is the best for the company. And they hit it out of the ballpark. Mm. Well, that is a great note to end this podcast on. Thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate you sharing your story. Thanks. Thanks, Becca. Thank you for tuning into this podcast and participating in our movement to become better leaders one day at a time. The ultimate compliment you could offer is to share this with someone else who would also benefit from it. Have a great day.